Hi guys, welcome to the Into the 99 podcast. Today we are talking some of the pre-cons, uh, specifically the call time ones. I'm joined today with Benson, Ryan, and Lotus. And yeah, Zach and Brian are off right now. I, I believe we had some theories about where they are, if anyone wants to go. Uh, our theories were a little far-fetched, but I'd like to think that they are messing with their pre-cons right now, <laughs> trying to upgrade them. <laughs> I heard Zach was uh, learning to moose hunt with Brian. Lotus, did Brian you was training him. All I know is that Brian fell out of a tree. Brian, yeah, fell out of a tree, couldn't find him. Very cold. Lost in the snow. I still think they could have done all this while upgrading their precons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm still, yeah. Rifle in one hand, <laughs> elves in the other. <laughs> off to the off to their game store to get singles for their precons. Yeah, they're they're too cool for us. Um honestly though, Zachy is not feeling good, so everyone, if you hear this, do feel free to wish him well because yeah, he's he's a little under the weather and Brian's a little busy as well this weekend. So just us. You're stuck with just us for the weekend. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Your four your four most fabulous hosts. Yeah. Well three. Work out which one is not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about the new uh, pre-con style decks that are coming out with each set. And I personally just love the product. So they replaced, I believe it was Planeswalker decks. Is that right, Lotus? Uh, yes. They replaced the Planeswalker decks with the new pre-con specific for commanders. They're definitely not up to par with the normal commander products. Like they're not a C20. You're not getting like a Timeless Wisdom level deck. However, I think they're really good. Number one, they're super, super budget decks. They're focused for commander. They only pretty much give you the one option for it. Some have maybe two, like an alternate commander, but it's it's not like the commander products where you have three alternate options of you can build this deck this way, this way, this way. It's not Otrimi, yeah. Kazuru, Kima, and blank, because I can't remember the Yeah, maybe ones. the 99 oh, aren't amazing, but the actual commanders themselves, like, that's where the money's worth it right there. Well, yeah. Yeah, so for us out in Canada, generally we get both of them for $50, so $25 a deck. And honestly, that is a good price before the Soul Ring and before the Arcane Signet. So even if you were just getting Arcane Signet, Soul Ring, and the new Legendary Commander, you're pretty close on value. I, I think that all of them have definitely had their money in them. And I actually, across all of these new precons, have not found one that isn't monetarily worth it. You might not like the play styles of some of them, but I, I don't believe I don't believe you've been down money if you bought any of these. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. The value is there. You got to dig for it a little bit, but it's definitely there. Yeah, and I, like I said, I just I'm a big, big fan of both of them. So in in call time, there was two specific ones that came out. There's Elven Empire and Phantom Premonition, and we're just gonna kind of touch on like the themes of both of them, uh, the individual interesting cards that did show up in them because they have some commander specific cards to those decks, which I. I think is a pretty cool inclusion, but wish there was more of already. And then, yeah, some of the things we upgraded, some of the ways we kind of went with it, and we'll go from there. So we will start it off with uh, Elven Empire. Elven Empire is the Golgari Elf precon deck that came right after Commander Legends. There were so many Golgari Elf options in it, and people were already excited, and then they spoiled this. So the helm of this deck is Lathral Blade of Elves. It's two black-green for a legendary elf noble, 2-3 with Menace. Just, they are stacking stats on this one. Whenever Lathral Blade of Elves deals combat damage to a player, create that many 1-1 green elf warrior tokens, then tap and tap 10 untapped elves you control. Each opponent loses 10 life, and you gain 10 life. 
So, before we go any further, let's just unpack that monstrosity of a card. I I saw oh. this and I just was blown away by the fact they would print so much on it. Like you have elves are already one of the strongest tribals, if not the strongest tribe. They they've got so many archetypes. Like elf ball is a term everyone knows a month into playing magic. <laughs> right. So seeing them expand the tribe out more into the Golgari side so that you don't just have Riss the Exiled, stuff like that. Or the I think it's Nath is the discard one. There, uh, there, yeah, yeah hmm. right. There's there wasn't a lot of support for it, but it's really really cool to see more of this. I guess with the Nissa from Zendikar, we could have expected that they were gonna throw some more Golgari into the Elf Plane thing. But yeah, in general, this is just a very very cool set. There's so many things you can do with this commander. I personally want to build a Voltron. I I just think that this is a silly commander. The you have menace on it is already nuts. You have token generation. Priest of Titania in a deck like this is just crazy. Like there's I think the to- the token generation is its strongest part. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah, yeah the road I wanted to take. Uh I I thought about Voltron, uh, but I also used uh with help of Commander Legends, uh the two that are gonna helm my deck are Kamal, Harda, Krosa, and Miria. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so you're kind of like a You're gonna do a different yeah, I'm going to do kind of like a crater hoof ish thing in the command zone, and then Miri is my card draw with elves dying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of sacrifice outlets already in it, and of course I added more, so I think I'm just going to have a blast with that. These uh, the, the thing that's very cool about these decks is like the the commanders are unique enough that they aren't... For, like, I think Wyleth is kind of the only one that is one-dimensional, but yeah, exactly. The token generation overrun mechanic is a really easy way to build a deck like this. I also think with, and I didn't go this route, but I think with her and there's plenty of art, uh, equipment that allow you to untap a creature to do something. Mm-hmm. And using on her just to dome all your opponents for 10, untap, dome everybody again for 10. You know, and elves, if you don't have 10 creatures on the board on turn three, you're probably doing something wrong. You do it. You cool. do at least need to have something that can untap all of those other ones as well. Your deck needs to run all elves and then one spirit <laughs> that costs three colorless and two green that says untap all permanents you control. <laughs> players so everyone takes 10 every turn. See, yeah. I built my deck different to all three of you as well. I went aristocrats. Really? Because, I just went straight elf ball. I mean, you've got Serpent Soldier in the deck, which is insane. You can sack a creature, exile it under it, replay it. They already gave you Elderfang Venom that when an elf you control dies, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. But imagine you've got your commander, you've got the 10 elves, so you can tap to drain for 10. But what if you had Bolas's Citadel as well? So you tap the 10 to drain for 10, then sack them? Yeah. There you go. See, and that's, that's it. Like, we're all doing our own thing, but this precon is a fantastic skeleton. Like, I probably wouldn't have thought to do Golgari Elves, and then this precon came out. And then that gave me the inspiration, like, half the deck was there. Sure, I, like, replaced 33 cards from it, but the skeleton was there for me to kind of create my own thing from it. Um, And yeah. I I think that it's a really, really just, out of the box, all of these, I, I have to say, out of every one of these decks, I've been impressed with. There has not been a single one of the precons that I have just outright thought, okay, well, this sucks. 
right? They, I think that they have all been playable out of the deck. They are a fantastic present for anyone who plays Commander or for if you just want to get a friend into the game. Picking one of these up, sleeving it up is going to, with sleeves and the deck, cost you around 30 Canadian dollars. You know, there's 30, 35 Canadian dollars. There's, there's nothing wrong with having a deck like that on standby. And they're, they're very focused. They're very solid decks. You can upgrade them. They have too much land for me. Obviously, it's over 30, but... Oh, 37 in the elf deck? We changed that. Yeah. We definitely changed that. The, uh... Wyleth had 40 lands in the main deck. The AC one. Wow. The, the AC Simic one, I think, had like 49. They really just... They're like, listen, they're going to play lands. We know what we're doing here. <laughs> they were selling me basic lands and a serpent in that deck. No, I'll tell you, the only thing that kind of did trigger me there is I think they had Elvish Mystic. And then they had the 37 lands, but they left out Lanawar Elves, Findhorn Elves. Elves of Deep uh, Shadow. Did, did they not put elves any of, of the basic the basic elf pips in here? No. They didn't have Arbor no. Elf. Like, I had to put all that in there. They just had Elvish Mystic. Really? That was, the one, that was my one complaint, and, and I don't remember what the exact number was, but I think the average CMC for the the elf deck was like 3.8 or 3.9. And I was like, how is that possible with elves? <laughs> Uh, well, like what we did want to talk about too was the upgradability of these decks, right? And I, I think that yep. that does speak to it. There's, there's so many cards that you can put into this, and they, they made it so you can upgrade them. But that is pretty high for an elf deck. Three CMC <laughs> without the, pe- the without the pips. No, no, yeah, they, three point six average CMC, and the curve literally shoots up at three CMC. It, it has hardly any at the one and two drop. Hmm. Yeah. That was what I added the most of when I when I upgraded mine. And mind you, I probably 60% of the deck changed, but it was to get the curve down to the 1, 2, and 3, and then very little at 4, 5, and, like, I don't even think there's a 6-drop in my deck. The the deck does, like, can include some pretty decent reprints. Like, you've got Risty Exiled with that new Legend frame, and I, I always say I love that new Legend frame. Uh, you do have spicy. Yeah, you do have some good reprint stuff and then obviously they they jam in a bunch of the things from the set that they're from like you have binding of the old gods canopy tactician elder fang ritualist like a bunch of those from herald of skemfar yeah uh yeah king of skemfar that's a really cool really cool elf card too i really like that and you get to switch that one out with the showcase art which i definitely did same here you sure (laughs) do um the other new cards in this deck that were were brought into it are uh, Bounty of Skemfar. It's a sorcery for two and a green. Reveal the top six cards of your library. You can put a land from among them onto the battlefield tapped and an elf from among them into your hand. Put the rest on card. the bottom of your library in a random order. That's a solid card. Like the Even if it just dug for one or the other, but the fact that you get your land into play tapped and it's not, it doesn't have to be basic, so you can hit any, any of your good lands if you've heavily upgraded it and you have... Gaia's Cradle or something crazy in your $25 pre-con deck because you don't have any moderation, then you could you could pretty easily you could pretty easily grab that card, throw it out, and then you know, you've also dug for Priest of Titania, you've dug for uh Azuri Renegade Leader. There there's a lot you can do with a card like this. Crown of Skemfar is the one that I've actually seen hit the hardest. Uh it's two green green for an enchantment aura. It gets one one for each elf you control and reach. And for three, you can return it from your graveyard to your hand. It is a insane, insane enchantment, especially in a deck like this. Like, yep. I, uh, and, uh, 
I played it with the like I played it uh, the deck uh, recently, and that artifact. Um, God, I can't think of the name. Uh, the so artifact that I was every time an elf died, I could I just went into exile, and then I could tap two colorless and uh, pay two life, and then ca- sorry, I didn't even think I had to pay colorless. I just tapped it, paid two life, and then I could cast the creature again. Yep. That name's escaping me, though. I apologize. Serpent Soldier, that's another one. Yeah, it's an artifact for two and a black. Whenever an elf you control dies, exile it. Tap, pay two life until end of turn. You may cast a creature spell from among them, uh, from among the cards, exile the Serpent Soldier. But right. the ability and that... that was keeping Imperius Perfect back on the game every turn. Well, and honestly, really handy. Honestly, everyone knows that the weakness to elf decks is killing the elves. Once you board wipe them, they have a really hard time bouncing back a lot of time. But with something like Miara in the command zone or the ability to keep recasting your important ones, it's very hard to keep something like this down. There's also, I gotta figure out, I think Avenger of Scamfar. It's a colorless and a black, and I forget what its power and toughness are. But it's whenever an elf dies, you lose a life and draw a card. Yeah. When we played, somebody board wiped, and I had like 10 elves in play and just drew 10 cards and was right back in the game. There's um another one of the new cards is Elderfang Venom, two and Golgari for an enchantment. Attacking elves you control have Death Touch, which is a bonker stat. And then whenever an elf you control dies, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. So you get that mm-hmm. normal aristocraty drain the table. And in a token generation commander, that that can really, really go off. Um yeah, there's also that... Oh, sorry. Oh, I that's, that's where my theory was going to make it into an aristocrat's deck. Mm-hmm. There's uh, also Pack Pact of the Serpent. It's a colorless black black for a sorcery. Choose a creature type. Target player draws X cards and loses X life where X is the number of creatures they control of that type. I actually mm. really, really like that card in general, and that's a card that I already believe is going to need a reprint because that's that's tribal hate or personal draw, right? In a pinch, you're able to draw a bunch of cards if you need them, but in a lot of games, you can kill me with this three mana. I, I play tokens like... Like a fool, I I sit and I try stack them. I was telling I was telling the group this yesterday that I sometimes like to be like, can I hit four hundred tokens? So yeah, if you run things like Rakdos Charm, any of those kind of one for each creature I control effects, you're you're gonna kill me. That's the way to beat me in pretty much every game. So yeah, Same like Bri- Brian, everyone take note. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly against the Zerus, yeah, snakes. <laughs> take note of you that take if seven. you're gonna play. You're gonna play Dan. Yeah, if you're ever playing against me, just run anything that kills me for creatures and. And you'll get the job done. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I love the utility of that card. I think that it's really, really good. Mono Black lets it slot into so many different decks. Had they made a Golgari, they would have kind of crippled its power a little bit. But as Mono Black, I think that this is probably the best card printed in the whole deck. Like I, There's a lot of really, really good individual cards. But I, I just think that this one takes the cake for the best, best card. Like I said, there's not a Black deck that shouldn't run this because... Even in a, we we all play tribal. We're all, we're all degenerates that way. We all see things and we're like, I'm going to put this in demons. I'm going to put this in dragons, right? But you put this in Kalia and you have like an X draw because you draw five angels and lose X life. That's fine. That's fine with me. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Be good in uh, cleric decks because they dr- gain a ton of life. Oh yeah. Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's like probably the card with the best toolbox options. And I just, I love the artwork of it. It's very, very weird. I just, I'm a big, big fan of that card. Uh, Ruthless Winnower is another one of the pre-con only cards. It's three black, black. Uh, for a 4-4 four, four elf rogue, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a non-elf creature. So good old 
anti-hatred again into the uh, aristocrats theme. I was struggling to think of that word. And then uh, another card I really, really liked, but a lot of people had a complaint of, oh, this is too high mana. This is, first off, you're in an elf deck. High mana doesn't exist. But it's Wolverine, yeah. it's Wolverine Riders. It's a 4-4 elf warrior for six mana, four and green, green. Beginning of each upkeep, each upkeep, create a 1-1 green elf warrior, and whenever another elf enters under your control, you gain life equal to its toughness. That's such a good card. Such a good card for token generation. It, uh, Tendershoot Dryad. It's Tendershoot Dryad on steroids, except for no city's blessing, but it's elves. Yeah. And the elves would have the city's blessing on turn two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I think that they definitely did a good job with it. I love I love cards yeah. that generate tokens. Again, I, I'm repeating myself, but I just, I, I love like your Tendershoot Dryads, your Verdant Force, like those kind of, those kind of normal, just every X you make a token. I, I love them. That's I, I love Crab and Regna for that reason. As long as I gain life, I get tokens. I just like making tokens. I should buy tokens. I need infinity tokens. Sponsor. <laughs> is that, that going to be our new Patreon tier? Sponsor. Donate $2 okay. to Dan's token addiction. <laughs> Producer Brian, create a create an ad for it. There's already the dollar fifty by uh, Daniel Basic Lands. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to pledge to that, I do always need uh, more Basic Lands. Um, I personally going, going into the token generation and like how the deck already is. Like, if you have the budget, I say you buy one that you can upgrade, and then you buy another one just to have as is. Because yeah. I think both like messing with this deck and like having the experience of it out of the box. Like, I think that's just two wonderful things to have. Like, especially. Uh, playing it with the other pre-cons like they keep coming out with these new commander decks instead of uh challenger decks which with commander being the most popular format is a brilliant idea oh yeah uh, so they, they know there's people like coming. us that are just gonna buy every time oh yeah yeah right like they might <laughs> they might even buy like nu- numerous yeah there you um, go We'll explain why I have numerous uh, probably a little bit later. I don't know if it's going to be in this episode or on stream, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, if you can buy two, I think that's probably the route to go because, you know, there's a lot of decks that I build on Architect and I don't follow through with. Yeah, you just uh, like to theorycraft a bunch? Theorycraft a bunch. And then like with this product being good out of the box and me being able to steal still like theorycraft, like I think that's just like a double whammy right there. I, I can't speak to its upgradability because I personally haven't upgraded it yet, so I don't know what I would be individually taking out of this one and putting back in. Like, I I have yeah, not... I need to buy another one. I need to take my own advice there because I played it immediately after upgrading it. I didn't play it out of the box, but... Um, out of the box Looking at fun. that list. Yeah, yeah, looking at the list, I need to play it out of the box, too. Like, like I said, if you if you have the funds to do it, it is almost worth just buying each of these decks, sleeving them up, and just having that base level deck. And again, these aren't these aren't very weak decks. They they will perform pretty well. They can sit at most tables. You might not win your game, but you'll still have fun. But we'll talk just, later when we touch on Rainer, but like I find these decks you pay twenty five bucks, then maybe dump if you not including the mana base, but if you maybe dump twenty five to fifty bucks into these decks, you can get yourself to probably a solid four or five at Oh yeah, like scale. like I said, you uh, you'll have fun playing any of these. Like they've they've definitely come out with a bunch. There's kind of each playstyle. There isn't really a control one yet. I think Ranner's the closest to control, and it is pretty controly. I love that deck. That's the one I'm excited to talk about. But the fact that this like comes with an Arch Druid, it comes with Mystic. Like yeah, they could have put better stuff in it, but I, I think that they've got to also 
balance the power of the deck, right? Like I, I understand why they don't want to give us a $25 two CMC average elf roll the table deck. No, but like even just upgrading, like if you bought like a Llanowar elf, the Elvish mystic, uh, elves of the deep shit, you bought all your little mana dorks, the, the one drops, then maybe you bought like a priest of Titania. You're off to the races yep. with this deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there's just a, a bunch of, I, I can't say enough good things about these ones. Um, the next one of the pre-con decks is, I wasn't excited about it at all. I, I saw that elf spoiled and I was like, all right, this elf is super cool. This is busted. Then I saw this one and I was like, foretell. I was like, meh, whatever it is, it's okay. Then then I played it because we were just doing pre-con night the other night. My brothers had, uh, one was playing Anawan and uh, one played the elves. So I played this one. And Ranner is super fun. I played it, wanted to upgrade it immediately. So the Phantom Premonition deck is uh, run by Ranner, and he cares about Fortel and Exiling, and mine is just Exile Tribal because I'm a bad person. But <laughs> Ranner the Ever Everwatchful is 2 in Azorius for a Spirit Warrior 2-3. Flying Vigilance, the first card you foretell each turn costs 0 to foretell. Whenever you exile one or more cards from your hand and or permanents from the battlefield, create a 1-1 white spirit creature with flying. And I'm a little worried with this one. I thought it was just going to be like a less powerful Brago deck. Yeah, that's what I thought too, like just a meme deck. Yeah, and but that foretell ability yeah. kind of changed the game there. Now there's not a whole lot of foretell cards in it, but it's enough to uh, make it a pretty enjoyable experience. Even out of the box. That's what I was going to say. I do really hope that they can expand on that mechanic of foretell. And maybe with the Strixhaven set coming out, they can say that like, oh yeah, like it's Sage cards. They're foretelling as well. So there's more. I would really like to see more of that mechanic because I, it's a savings plan. You know, you, you don't have the mana for it now, <laughs> but you can at least get it out, get it over there and ready to play later. And I just love to put sit like face down cards and yell, you've activated my trap card. I'm a simple man. I get it. <laughs> my trap card. Yeah. So Not it. the the whole point of this deck into the Exodus po- yeah. podcast. That's what we're turning into. <laughs> Had into this been nice. Had this been a uh, foretell only commander, I think it would have been a really big bust. The fact that they also stapled the exile mechanic onto it, uh, exile's never going to go away in Magic. That is, it, it's built into the game. It's definitely not going to stop. And there's already so much support for it. So Ranar is still playable, even if you don't go the Fortel route. But the Fortel route is really, really strong. You get so much out of out of being able to foretell something for free. I really like it. And if you're... Uh, Blue has a lot of draw and discard, like kind of wheeling effects. So it is really nice to be able to just get your whole hand out with Fortel. You're not at a disadvantage. And then Windfall away, get a whole new hand. I, I really, really can't say how fun Fortel is. I, I underestimated that mechanic significantly. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, it's so fun. I saw the deck and saw the elf deck and thought they've made a 10 and they've made a 5 and this deck is going to be trash. Th- that's what um, I thought too. I, I was like, look at this elf. And then I was like, and then they're like, it was like, <laughs> check this elf out and Azorius guy. Yeah. And then I ate my words when I played against it. And wow, is it good. Oh, it is. It's capable of doing a lot of stupid, stupid stuff. So, and they've they've even put an alternate art ghostly prism in there. Oh, I love that alt. Yeah, the the artwork on the new ghostly prison is wicked. The fact that it comes with a ghostly that. prison is awesome because ghostly prison was five to ten dollars something like that. 
It was yeah. it was not a cheap yeah. card because it's a really good protect yourself when you're being this annoying card. This is the moose box, by the way, listeners. Yeah, to ten moose box. Yeah, the equivalent of eight beans. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Some, box. Yeah. Some of the things that I really like about him is that you can protect yourself when you're doing annoying stuff, right? When you're returned to dusting someone, you're at least getting some creatures because you never cast return to dust and then don't get attacked by that person. The destroying, destroying an enchantment and exiling an enchantment are very, very different games. So I, I really like just, I, again, I like token generation. I'm, I'm a simple man and his ability to get it every time, uh, something's exiled is awesome. But what I like is that it doesn't matter if, uh, like if you exile it. So it's from your hand or graveyard. Ugh, sorry. Sorry. From your hand or the field, not graveyard. That would be too wicked. Anything you exile. It doesn't matter if it's your own thing. It doesn't matter if it's other people's things. So like your normal flicker effects that you would run kind of just like creature generate you even more. I, I don't know. I've, I found that this over generated the spirits that I was expecting by a pretty significant margin. It wasn't like I had one or two. And it's non-token. Oh. It's, it doesn't care if it's token or not. Yeah, just anything. Whenever you exile one or more permanents, I, I really, really like that ability to, like I said, the Ephermiate, like the card from Modern Horizons. Uh, instant exile target creature you control, then return to the battlefield under its owner's control with rebound. That's one mana, generate two things, and protect Ranner. Like, it's such a such a solid, like, upgrade into the deck, and it's like a four-cent common. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Some yeah. of the cards I added that protect them are ghostly flicker, displace, and essence flux. Yeah, so the same kind of style of just keep yeah yeah just blip them conjurer's closet thassa deep dwelling yeah i like i said i didn't care in any way about this deck i didn't think it was good i just bought it because i will buy it you don't have to make a good product to get me to buy a commander product if you put it in a box there's a commander on it i'm gonna buy it throw money at it yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) it is is what it is i'll pre-order at the moment that they're spoiled i i will probably already be paying my strixhaven pre-orders in like a week I, I does you don't need much. Then I read that's the, why. Oh, oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, my only my only major point you, you kind of hit on it is there's not enough blue white foretell. Like I really want this to be a heavy foretell deck, and I mean there are cards in it, but there's not there's, there's not a significant number. Yeah, for, like even just to take advantage of his free, um, like the first foretell spell you cast is free. There's not there might be like ten foretell cards in the deck. That's what I was gonna say. I think there's around ten, and I'm not gonna count. But I, I just like it, it wasn't supported enough. And then there was some other good ones, uh, the Starheim Unleashed and stuff. I, I would have liked if they added that one because at least it's like a really cool foretell style card. Again, I understand why you can't just stuff like good mythics into a deck that's $25. Or even like Doomscar. Doomscar is like 
two or three dollars like why was that not those in are this deck? definitely both very good upgrades for the deck but uh the strength i think in this deck doesn't even lie in how cool the commander is it's how cool these cards are for any bounce deck because as you said uh brago exists you have like your emil style decks you have a lot of decks that just care about flickering blinking things in and out and you you have a lot of good cards, like you have a Mist Metal Witch in here. Uh, I wish there was a Conjurer's Closet. That would have been really cool for them to add, but I understand, again, why they can't. I, I love ETB, like ETB, Landfall, Tokens. I love a lot of things in Magic, to be honest. I just love Magic. But uh, the new cards are just, in my opinion, so, so strong. Like Cosmic Intervention is a bonkers card. The three and a white for an instant, if a permanent you control would be put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn, exile instead. Return to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step is so good. That That's is crazy. Oh, it's yeah. first off, every aristocrat's deck is going to need this card. This is going to be a like a chase card for those people because they love to just wipe their own field, and anything that brings it back is a chase card to them. It has foretell for two, which is awesome, so that you can have that like panic switch of one and a white there. And oh, I just I I definitely cannot like if you have to pull the panic switch and hit your own board wipe the ability to bring everything back later on is really really good i like the delay of it i just i really really like this card i it's another one that i think we are going to need far more of i um i also wish that uh that black demon card had been printed in like blue or something the cards in your hand have foretell and their foretell cost is two less i think that would have made more That'd sense make more sense just make mm. it a had had that been yeah. in blue and stuff, and you could make it a sphinx, yeah, kraken, yeah, just do something with it. Yeah, I would. Now the uh, Raynar here, this precon. Now I don't build decks that have white. <laughs> I just a man of class. Scared. I see. I won't. Uh, however, you I purchased yourself? this precon. Yeah, I, I, right. I'm not going to upgrade it. Therefore, technically, I still not built a deck in white. However, I do have a deck <laughs> with white now, and uh, you know, like this is. This is going to be pretty fun to keep around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it has some pretty cool cards in it. Um, another one of the uh, Fortelli kind of cards is unique to this deck. It's Ethereal Valkyrie. It's four white oh. white or four white blue, not white white. Sorry, for a Spirit Angel, and I I do really like Azorius Angels. I think they're pretty cool. Uh, it's a four four flying. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. Amazing mechanic. Then exile a card from your hand face down. It becomes foretold. Its foretell cost is reduced by two. That's so good. These are not ramp colors. So the fact that you have a rampable card draw, enter or attack, and then cost reduction later on, like I, I love this card. I think it might be my favorite card in the deck. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool one. My favorite card is the anti psychrift card, but we'll talk oh, about sure. that in a minute. <laughs> And then also out of the box, um, I think that these two against each other, like they might not look it. Like uh, obviously you might think elves are going to stomp. Um, uh, however, this Draenor deck runs board wipes. Oh, it sure so does. If you, if you think you're gonna, if you think you're gonna go wide on it, and they pop a cleansing nova, you're gonna get real grumpy real fast, right? So or, like the balance there is actually pretty even. Or when you think you're ahead and they make twenty two five five dragons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the enchantments. That's not a reprint though, is it? No. No, that's they it just did. made Day of the Dragons good. Day, Day of the Dragons, of Dragons yeah. four and <laughs> triple blue. When it enters, exile all creatures you control, then create that many five five red dragons with flying. And first, let me speak to this. 
the way that things work is you've still exiled with them with Ranarod, so you will also make that many spirits as well. It is... <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, it is... <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Day of the Dragons really, really goes off. I've only cast it once, play, and I've, I've put some work into this deck. I've already played about eight or nine games with this one, and I, I love it. And I did hit that Day of the Dragons, um, and oh, man, is it bad. It is bad news bears for everyone. I took it out of the deck, but it was so much fun when I cast it. Oh. I'm still upset about you taking it out. <laughs> when Day of the Dragons leaves the battlefield, sack all dragons you control, then return the exile cards to the battlefield under your control. I That is a really, really good like end the game out. Especially, uh, you sadly can't get uh, haste on them. In blue, that's a little, little tricky to get. There's no red splash, but the fact that you can get those out... I, Having a lot of five five dragons is is bad news bears for the whole table. And then yeah, maybe with they... that, wizards, if you're listening, I don't think uh, ten flip tokens are going to be enough. Oh yeah, I, I looked at that the first time I played this. I was like, this is this is not enough spirit tokens for this deck. What are we talking about? Yeah. Um, you have hero of Bredegard as another one, and I thought this was a really cool card. It's two and a white. I really, honestly, wish it had been a soldier because I love soldiers. Uh, two and a white for a human warrior, 1-1. One, one. Whenever you exile one or more cards from your hand and or permanents from the battlefield, you put that many 1-1 one, one counters on Hero of Bredegard. Awesome. As long as it has five or more counters on it, it has flying and is an angel in addition to its other types. Wicked. Can't go better than that. Or can it? As long as it has ten or more counters on it, it's also indestructible and a god, so it's an indestructible flying god angel. Ew. <laughs> yep, I had to face that too. Ew. That one, that one can get pretty out of control pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, it was a 1919. <laughs> you have Sage of the Beyond, and I really like this card in theory. And I think it is not good enough for its mana cost. So no. Spirit Giant 5-5 five, five for 7 raw mana, 5 and 2 blue. Spells you cast from anywhere other than your hand are 2 less. That could have been such a good mechanic to have like shoved onto a 4 or 5 CMC card. They, they gave it Fortel, but its Fortel is still 5, and I just... It's there's not enough from elsewhere cost reduction in this deck. Like you don't have enough foretell to make this worth being. Like I said, you only have about ten foretell cards. This is one of the foretell cards, so I, I think that this might have a better place in a like Moldrotha style deck where you're reanimating and you can play things for free better that way. But I just this was one of the ones that I removed, even though I like its ability. I like that it's on theme. I just personally. Didn't think that this. I, I thought this. They made this too weak. Now, forgive me. I can't remember. Is there more foretell cards in blue and white than they put in the deck? Yes. For not by many though. Yeah, there's no. not a ton more, but like there is. Um, that that's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Depending on dollar price, is this one that's not in the set like eight bucks or something like that? All I was able to reason? add that I found was worth adding was Doomscar, All Runs Epiphany, and Starheim Unleashed. All Runs Epiphany is a great card to add to it. Yeah. The extra turn one. Yep. I, I really do, like I said, I like that one. The Like Doomscar is an absolute must into the deck though. Like if you would do any upgrade, add a Doomscar. This is not on the list. I don't think that this is a reprint, is it? Am I crazy? Which card? Sorry, I just have to type and see. If this card exists in Magic before, it's from Commander 2015. I did not even know that. I'm gonna go buy all of those today. Um <laughs> sorry. Uh so I thought that was from this one. You don't have to apologize. I'm still thinking about trap cards yeah. since you brought that up. <laughs> uh, Spectral Deluge is one of the other uh, pre-con only cards. It's four blue blue. Return each creature your opponent's control toughness X or less to its owner's hand where X is the number of islands you control. 
and it has foretell. I think that that's a really cool foretell one. Uh, I like that it only hits opponents and that it's not Psych Rift. So. I think Tales of the Ancestors, three colors and a blue, sorcery. Each player with fewer cards in their hand than the player with the most draws cards equal to the difference, and it's foretell colors and a blue. I've yet to be able to cast this and gain value out of it. I think it'd be really good. I, I draw a lot of... In a lot of decks, I, I play like Zeros, for instance. I usually have like 40 cards in my hand. So being able to play this, you can really, really gang up on someone. But even if you're down to zero cards in hand because you foretold this and you get a drop to seven, definitely very worthwhile for two mana. Yeah, I wouldn't cut it. I just have never been able, like every game that I've played it, I would most of the time they would be drawing and I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, Stoic Farmer is the last one of the just raw cards that they put into the deck. Uh, it's just like a worse, whatever, core cartographer. Uh, but it's three and a white for a dwarf peasant. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for basic planes and reveal it. If an opponent controls more lands than you, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, put it into your hand, then shuffle. It has foretell. It's not horrible. It's just uh, it's what you expect from a white rare I really think it's card. only good if you can foretell it for zero with Rainer and then just pay two mana to do its ability. But paying four mana to do its ability is pretty lackluster. Yeah, if you're already behind on land, getting one basic planes to your hand for four is not great. Nope. I think it should have been maybe what it is, but puts it into play tapped, and then if people control more than you, well, or, it. or gone for any planes, right? So that you could have gone to get some, even the snow duel, you could have gone to fetch with it. That would have been a yeah. little bit better than just like, hey, get a basic planes for four. But again, what do you expect from whites? Whites. I mean, they could just ramp. put weather wayfarer in. Oof, I wish. I wish they um, would have put weather wayfarer in. That's a real good card. Or Knight of the White Orchid. Uh, oh, yeah. The one that I was talking about was Synthetic Destiny, and I did not even know that that card existed before. I've never seen it. don't even know what Commander product it's from. Awesome. It's apparently from Commander 2015, but it is an instant for four blue-blue. Exile all creatures you control. At the beginning of the next end step, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal that many creature cards. Put all cards revealed this way onto the battlefield and then shuffle the rest back in. I have been able to really, really go off with this in this deck because, like I said, it overgenerates spirits. You, you're underestimating how many spirits are going to come out of this deck. I, yeah, it really, really went very hard. A lot of the times I'm revealing like 15, 20 creatures at a time. I think Zach was talking that he's, he's bought two copies of this as well, and he's going to do one that's more or less spirit tribal to really lean into... Synthetic Destiny Rainers. is only 55 cents as a card, and I am going to buy everyone that exists in our city. He's got two <laughs> monitors, and he's doing that right now. If he seems a little more distracted during the Sadly, your city probably has like three of them since they came from a Commander product. Oh, no, I got a lot of Commander players here. We we have a shockingly large number of like Commander things in here, and there's like four stores to go to. Five stores to go to? There's a lot of stores to go to. This is the there's best store to go to. One of those on your shirt, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so number one, the, I, uh, sorry, I wanted to bring up one more thing that's low key overpowered and I'm so happy. I don't know if I've complained about it on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I know I've complained about it in the discord, but I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, if you're playing these decks and, you know, like power level wise, I don't think anybody's going to hit you with a good taxian probe. Oof. However, all of the basic Lance match and I couldn't yes. be more happy. Yes. Uh, I couldn't be more happy. Like, if Do they I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The Commander yearly product, they throw whatever, I think, three different arts for each color that you have in it. But these ones, 
they finally, finally, finally <laughs> used all they the same. match. Yeah, yeah, the, the island in Rainer is amazing. The, the Aurora Borealis is fantastic. Right? Like, I'm just, I'm beyond ecstatic about it. Like, I think that right there kind of just does the deck for me. Like, Wizards, good job. It finally didn't trigger me. Um, <laughs> it's been like, I don't know how many years in a row with Commander Product it's been. Like, how many? Five? Five or no, six? Longer than that. Longer than that? Yes. I guess maybe since I started playing. Um, but yeah, every every time I just got, I I did get Cataxian Probe, and I think that's where it first started, my rage. Like, that's and I kind of switched it out. But then, you know, out of the box product, I don't think I ever upgraded those. <laughs> and that's sort of just the fire fueled. Uh, there, but yeah, no. There's OP, a lot in here that I, I wanted to take OP. out. You just love those basic lands, they get you. Oh, yeah, like they, oh, so good. I'm with you, Benson. This this yeah. had a much lower uh, mana base cost than I would have expected. They had 36 lands, uh, a really, really solid ramp package in it. Like the deck comes with an Arcane Signet, Azoria Signet, Commander Sphere, Marble Diamond, Mindstone, Replicating Ring, which is a very, I, I think, a really cool. Why would you run mana with any more card, you know? Replicating Ring it just has a lot of really, really cool built in potential, right? If a game goes long, that's a lot of mana to get. If you can proliferate, it's really good. But yeah, it also had like Sky Diamond, Soul Ring. Like there was a lot of very solid ramp in this. Like I have never, in well, all the games I've they, played with it, I haven't been behind on land at all. They added the Signet over a Locket. They're actually putting decent cards in. Yeah. I really would have loved to see the Talisman, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Like I, I was a little iffy about the Diamond over a Talisman yeah. in the deck there, but you know, they can't. They can't all be bangers. Now, going with that, actually, the fact that it had 37 lands for the elf deck, I'd like to think that maybe they just couldn't think of any more elves to put into it. And they're like, oh, let's just fill like three. (laughs) Uh, Just put four more lands into it, whatever. I do hate that it came with just a bunch of cards that I personally don't like. And I understand, obviously, it would. But like, I don't like Meteor Golem. I don't think it's good enough. Like, yeah, it's a good ETB card, but it's seven mana. Seven mana is pretty pricey for like you can just do better things. I generally find if you're playing seven mana, you should be winning the game yeah. or at least setting up a win. And Meteor Golem does none of that. Or you're playing Yuriko. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Save Meteor yeah. Golem for Yuriko. Switch that card out. Well, or yeah, I'm like a Yuriko deck, a Yannette deck where you can free cast it, like something like that. But there's there's no real like cost reduction things outside of that, like Valkyrie. I was saying or the. Seven mana is a yes. lot for like one permanent destroy. Like maybe, maybe if you I mean, really, I guess if you've got if you've got the Valkyrie, you can get it into exile. Then you have that stupid other seven drop that reduces the cost by two. So you reduce it by four, and you're paying three mana for a. Another one I didn't understand really Storm was Sun Titan. Like Sun Titan's a great card, but there's not much like like this isn't a recursion based deck, right? Like you're you're trying to a exile or blink things depending on your play style. Or like foretell things like Sun Titan just doesn't really hit enough in this deck to what are you gonna do like the burnished heart repeatedly with your Sun Titan? I was quite surprised they didn't put Paul from Eternity in. Paul from Eternity would be great. Curse the Swine in this deck, by the way. Oh, curse the Swine! <laughs> I cut really that good. Card. You cut Curse the <laughs> oh, Swine? Oh yeah, I was just looking at that. No, yeah. Curse of the Swine's so good. Oh, Curse of the Swine's like one of the best blue removal spells. I would never cut that one, especially from the token. Oof. Never. I love that card. I um I really 
the other thing I liked about this was for me, this was a great spot to put in Yorian. I've liked that, uh, that companion the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just thought it was like such a cool card. I haven't had a spot to really put it yet. Like, uh, I want to put one in Golos, but again, I just haven't put it into like, this is, this is just flicker theme, right? This is rune without band for me. And I, I love to flicker things. I, I didn't put panharmonic on it. I showed some restraint. I showed some, some restraint guys. You got to believe me. You angel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but there's like a lot of. I do need a torrential gear hook though. They've been reprinting the crap out of the Divina Perfect Home from this is austere command. Someone text me that I need a torrential gear hook. I keep forgetting that. That's uh yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Um, there's there's like a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of really good cards in this deck. Like I said, like I I really really like what it can do out of the box, and I I was just blown away with how incredibly powerful it can be. Like the this was very fun to exile. I found cards pretty easily that I wanted to cut, like the the Sirtland Elementalist, for instance. A very good card, but again, I'm not paying seven mana to to get an eight eight. You know, I just I, there's there's better things in my bounce deck. Sirtland Elementalist is that's, very good. That's honestly a dead card in your hand. Yeah, like the way I see it, like I just wouldn't cast that. I'd be upset about drawing it. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put it in Anala because, like in Anala, I've got a lot of. Uh, a lot of reduction based spells for wizards i can copy like wizards and like it's a wizards matter deck i can get that but there's again there's not that many instants or sorceries from my hand without paying its mana cost like had it been graveyard maybe and i could like recur something really cool but it's from my hand so like i have to have not only the one i want to cast but then also this card and it also has to live a whole turn like it it just seems clunky. I've I, I just I thought this card seems clunky. Had it been when it enters, you can cast it, like enters and attacks, maybe but it's I don't know. I with don't these know. with these new cards that they're coming out, like you can tell that they're definitely getting there. Like whoever's design like whoever's lead on these designs, mm-hmm. like with the new cards that they are putting in, like I think the one I had a lot of fun one with was the Golgari enchantment that gives your elves death touch. Yeah, that's a cool one. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's just that's nasty now i know the whole point of that deck is to tap lathro and tap your elves but if that's not an option you can definitely swing in for that what was it lotus 71 damage Oof. yep yeah 71 damage. <laughs> <laughs> no i i think they're they're really starting to do a good job at balancing the two decks against each other and also making a product that doesn't need a monstrous amount of upgrades to be able to, I don't want to say be competitive, but to be able to sit at a normal EDH table and not just do nothing for two hours and then go home sad and disappointed with yourself. I honestly well, put probably $30 of cards into uh, the Phantom Premonition Precon. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a crazy upgrade budget by any means. Like I said, like it was things like Conjurer's Closet. It was, it was nothing wildly pricey. Like exactly like you said, you can upgrade the land base significantly for sure. Yeah, and you can nice. definitely find Conjurer's cause like probably in any LGS that you go into since that double masters reprint. Like yeah. these cards are like the they're not even like too hard to find, I don't think. One click online, sure, but like I'm pretty sure stock wise. Yeah, I really the cards that you need are gonna be very attainable. I really liked that it came with a Stormherd reprint, but again, I I don't believe Stormherd is playable in the, in a deck like this. Like ten mana, it doesn't it doesn't do exile things. Like it makes tokens, but you already have so many better pathways to creating tokens. Obviously, not 
40 tokens like your life total like storm hurt will do but like again maybe you could have certland elementalist out and uh storm herd on his attack i don't know i just i i found it was a dead card as well uh storm herd is really good in decks that like gain you a lot of life like a karloff kind of deck where you've got your life your mana something like an azor's gateway to give you life based on ma- or mana based on your life total that i, I just 10 mana is a lot <laughs> with uh with, with listeners 10 mana. and viewers if storm herd is your pet card um please keep listening keep watching yeah, like, I, I love Stormherd, don't get me wrong. It's just, like I said, the it's not good enough in this deck for 10 mana, for a 10 mana slot like that. 10 mana really drags it up. Like, you're, you're a land off A 10 mana slot is actually kind of, like, silly to, you know, <laughs> like, you really have to be invested in getting up to that 10 mana in order to justify that. And if you're putting diamonds that come in tapped, you're not ramping up fast enough to get that anytime soon. Well, and the other thing too is like, if this isn't your opening hand, that's a rough opening hand. Oh, that's rough. a mulligan. Yeah, you draw two lands, Sirtland, Elementalist, Storm Herald, and then like the Sphinx, your opening CMC is 28. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, there's there's definitely some things that are upgradable. I really liked it. I liked that it came with Angel of Serenity. I love that card. It's very fun to make people mad. Angel, yeah, Angel of Serenity is a very, very frustrating card to get hit with. Um, like I said, I just I've I've found all of these have been a good product. I I usually have like some complaints in one form or another, but they like we said, they balance them, right? Like they obviously they can they can make these decks significantly more powerful, but that's not the point of them. These are supposed to be like when we're looking at these and judging these decks, these are $25 intro decks. These are like what a player should come in and be like, I'm interested in trying Commander. Let me try this out. And this is a good product for that. This is a very, very solid... Like, I, I can't say anything. I, I don't regret any of the buys of these pre-cons. I will continue to buy them because of how good they've been. And yeah, like, they're they're focused. They're really easy to get into a game. And they're going to be one of the best things to show your friends how to play Magic. You're, hey, oh, yeah. it's going to cost you $25. Come buy this deck and we'll teach you how to play it. Yep. Yeah, like I... Like I... Sorry, I was adding something up when we were talking about the upgrades. I spent $26 to upgrade outside of the mana base. Yeah. Um, to, to upgrade the Rainer deck. And we've I've played it twice and the deck's a blast. It hangs. I like I mean That's how I felt. I felt I just had a lot of fun playing it. That's the But if you spend fifty bucks and you can have fun and you can compete and like that's that's a steal. I would spend fifty bucks every single time a set comes out to have a deck that I can play with. Yeah. I mean I not upgraded my deck at all and i've been playing against people that play corvold i've been playing against the Ur dragon and i've not won but the deck held its own and i had fun well flying blockers is super fun uh even even the inclusion of arcane artisan that's a card you don't see very often but it's a really really fun card to play it's two and a blue it's a human wizard zero three and it has a mana sync ability of uh two blue tap target player draws a card which is great then exiles from their hand, a uh, creature card from their hand. If a creature card's exiled this way, that player creates a token that's a copy of it. So when I'm sitting here and I'm I'm bashing on like Meteor Golem or like any of these high cost things, there there are ways to get them out and stuff, right? You can cheat them out in blue. And Arcane Artisan is really really fun to play, especially hit those a, a draw engine that also is gonna let you do that. You're also exiling, so your work it's just so thematic to it. I, I just like I said, I've had now, just a lot of fun playing this deck. Tying it into like when we first see commanders um, and how we brew it, and like how we all kind of went around the table. Um, you got to think about the design team 
that's the first time they've seen that commander as well. Yep. So like these products right there are them brewing the deck. Now, of course, they've added these new cards in like the uh, like this is nuts with each kind of preset that comes like precon that comes out. But yeah, they they're doing the exact same thing. They're brewing the deck. However, like, yeah, they're trying to not break it form. because yeah. I, I don't well, know about everyone else here, but like I wouldn't be able to balance cards very well. I would just be like, yeah, this is a a white cultivate. Well, I'm sure too yeah. that there, there's a level. I mean, there's there's design templating, and they go through a lot of iterations. But I'm sure even building the decks, they're given a lack of a better word. They're given a budget where they want to keep the deck or a, a power level. You know, we like to throw that term around a lot, but where they want to keep these decks I, to I keep honestly, them intro friendly and to fit within twenty the twenty five dollar price tag. But I don't even well, think, I think they were. Be- can hang out with Marty humans. Yeah. Like the Ruthless Regiment that came out, like out of the box. I know. I think there's like a twenty five dollar moose buck difference. Well, but I think, I think those are decks can hang. Different. I think the 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 full price pre cons are a bit different. No, but the, but but what he's saying is that like these can these can play against those ones. Like they're they're obviously not going to be as like powerful as like an upgraded Zexara and stuff. But like I would I would take any of these against an Otrimi deck like out of the box. Well, I think these absolutely can. Like, I really like the inclusion of this product into their cycle. Like, I, I think it's fantastic that we get two twenty-five dollar decks every time a, a set comes out. I mean, I, we obviously love the bigger sixty-dollar decks, but I think these are they're fantastic. And I have a lot of issues with restraint when it comes to building decks. Um, and I've been trying to pick up the pre-cons and limit myself to a degree so that I do have more casual decks if you want to call them that or decks that play at a lower power level that you can play with new players or players that just don't have the collection or the finances or just the stupidity yeah like i i just have found that these were all fun decks i i've enjoyed every one of them but as far as the budget part of it goes like they look at the anawan deck like that had una that had sig uh the cutthroat in it it has again soul Mm -hmm. ring arcane signet like they there's really good cards in these decks. Like they're they're pretty solid reprints. Like they, I I don't remember the exact cost of it, but I think the Lathriel one was like to buy each card as a single would be over a hundred dollars, and I think this one was a hundred and eight, like U.S. dollars. Right. Like they're, they're you're definitely getting a lot of value, a lot of bang for your buck. And with the target audience, like of these, like how you were talking about, like you're gonna buy every single Commander product there, Daniel. Uh, yep. The the thing that I really like about these two is we see elves and I think all reliable, you know, mm-hmm. like gun on the wall, all reliable. Yeah, old faithful right? is loaded. Yeah. Uh, and then we see these Raynard decks and we go, ooh, what right? Like, what is this? Meanwhile, a new player is going to see that elf deck. Like, and that's probably, <laughs> if I, yeah, they go, ooh, right? Yep. So that well, right I there, mean, it's for everybody. The thing that's fun with elves is like your top tier players like playing elves. Your your guys in the middle of the pack like playing elves. Your super casual beginner Timmies, they love playing elves. Like if you're everybody. an eight year old girl in the competitive community, I can't remember her name, but that's her deck. That's her yeah. modern deck. Elves. She loves playing elves. I actually just watched a a video for about her. But yeah, I can't remember her name. That's gonna bug me. I'll have to figure it out. Uh, but who doesn't like playing out and really who don't like people like tribal decks. yeah i was gonna I mean, say tribal fun i was gonna say who doesn't like playing any tribe and when you're thinking anawan tribal rogues rainar tribal spirits uh lathriel tribal elves all, all i'm hearing right now is that they need to do sliver precons and i agree entirely with you 
on that. I, I 100% think that they should do that. $25 sliver decks, let's do it. No. Nope. I can finally use my secret less slither. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good sliver. <laughs> That's Slivers but, are so fun. Slivers are a great tribe. I, I'm the same. I like playing like any tribe. Like and it, I like playing mechanic tribes. I like playing like actual tribes. I like playing like stupid like stupid themed tribes. Like I just I like to build tribal things. I love tribal discard. I love tribal bounce. Tribal slivers. clones is fun. You should try that. Slivers can't say <laughs> enough about slivers. I, I don't know. My brother's always been the clone guy, and then now we've got Zach. Zach's the clone guy. Hey, my Sakashima to Vestek. I keep saying that somebody needs to make the card Zakashima instead of Sakashima. I get it. He loves we that could card. do it as a, a birthday present for him and have somebody alter his face onto Sakashima. That would be really fun. I should get well, Brian to make up that uh, that thumbnail. And then we can test to see if he actually listens to these podcasts because we're talking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, we could do the, uh, set a picture of Zach to Atomic Ashes and just have him put it on Sakashima. <laughs> Cost if, us five bucks and ship it to Zach. If Zach mentions this portion of the podcast to us, I will pay for that altar to get done for him. All right, Zach, it's on you, buddy, to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send a text to him right now. Zach, make sure you listen to no, the no, 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 no. He's got to find not. a little. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe someone will tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell Zach. Don't, don't, don't do it. Yeah, hashtag don't tell Zach. Um, Definitely, I want to know how everyone else would upgrade these decks. Like, what do you think of these pre-con decks? Do you like them? I personally, like I've said, I think they're a boon to stores because you have a lot of players like me who are going to buy them every time they come out. They're going to come and clear out a bunch of old, weird singles that you're not seeing. They they get people in buying sleeves. I, I love these decks. I think that they're a great product, but maybe you disagree. Maybe there's something that you don't like about them. Maybe you are product fatigued and you hate these these new constant fear like fear of missing out products almost like uh well i've got to get this now i've got to get this and it's only available here like how do you guys feel about these things let me know because i I love to know one good thing i have noticed though is unlike the the yearly pre the yearly commander decks that we get it seems these stay in stock a lot better than those like i go into every store and they always have these well, they they make a lot more sense to buy financially as well for the store from distributors. I'm sure the cost on yep. them is not exorbitant. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely love them, but I do want to know how everyone upgrades them. Let me know your list and stuff. Like, send it, and we'll uh, we'll get some of them posted up on the Instagram and Facebook and stuff with some of the upgrades. I is, is there some upgrades that we missed? Some things that are must includes to these decks. Like I said, I haven't started working on Lathril yet. I've just been fairly busy with work stuff, but I'll be upgrading that one today. So. Hopefully I get some games in. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know, uh, again, how you think. I want to see these lists. Uh, We stream every Tuesday at I do not know what time. So check Uh, out. 5 o'clock Mountain Time, 7 o'clock Eastern. What time is it? Uh, English time? Midnight. English English time. time. That's that's too good. Um, Definitely check out some of the other series that we do on our YouTube. There is Parallel Thoughts. There's Bruin It Live with Lotus. We do lots of really, really fun stuff with the community, so make sure you check it out. If you find the podcast on Apple, please leave us a review. It really helps people find us out. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our website, and yeah. Check out our merch store. Yeah. Buy oh, some yeah. Shirts. Don't just get into the 99. Wear it. I like it. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, also, we have Patreon. Check us out on Patreon if you want to help support us, help the show grow a little bit more. And yeah, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.